Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you joined us. We pray that you're strengthened by today's message from our children's pastor, Stacey Sampson. Good morning, everyone. If you guys don't know me, my name is Pastor Stacy. I'm the children's pastor. Some of you might, you might not know me up here, but downstairs I'm a really big deal. So <laughs> just so you know, you're getting good stuff. Um, it's an, actually an honor to be up here and share this message on joy with you guys. I love preaching about joy. And honestly, yeah, I'm really excited. So how many of you guys went to the family movie night last night? Wow, a lot of you. Okay. If you were here, did you feel the joy in this room? Like, it was a party. It was really, really fun. And, you know, maybe you didn't come to our awesome movie night last night, but have you felt joy before in your life? Okay, a few people, so hopefully, hopefully you can feel some more joy after this. But have you felt happiness before? Probably. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay, you have. Good. Okay, good. At least that's good. So it's wonderful to have that happiness, that joy, isn't it? Well, today's Advent is on joy, and I love talking about it. Honestly, I'm still learning what that means, what that joy is about, but um, yeah, I'm excited to share that with you. So before we get started, let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the joy that you have for us. Father, thank you for the joy that the wise men experienced. Thank you for the joy of Jesus, Father. Lord, I pray that this morning we would all just feel a little bit of that joy, God, as we talk about this Advent. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Wow, thanks. My kids do that, so I'm excited that you guys do that. <laughs> so when I was in university, I liked to do this thing where I would think over the fruits of the Spirit. I would think over love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And I would think about them, and I would think, okay, God, which one of these right now am I maybe lacking in a little bit? Like, what do I need to grow a little bit more? Where am I growing this fruit already? And I like to do that. And this one week, I was like, you know what? I think I could use some more joy. How many of you guys know that if you ask God to grow something in you, he takes you very seriously? <laughs> yeah, I had to learn that. So I asked God for more joy, and the way that I want God to grow my joy and the way that God actually grows joy are two very different things. <laughs> because I wanted God to just fill me with more joy, just make me more happy, God. But God, when he grows something in us, he wants to put you in a situation that's going to test what you're trying to grow. So if you're trying to grow patience... Be prepared for a week. If you're trying to grow joy, let me tell you, God will do some things to try and help you grow joy in the midst of absolute chaos. So I was talking to God and I was like, God, I just want to be so joyful that if I like, you know, get into a car accident or something crazy like that, I can just step out of my car and, and I can be that person that's don't worry about it. It's fine. It's all good. And the next week, I got into a car accident. <laughs> and the first thing I thought was, oh my goodness, am I okay? Is everyone okay? It was a minor car accident. We were okay. And the second thing I thought was, very funny, God. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm going to be so joyful. You, you'll see. And so I get out of my car, and I'm just like, don't worry. It's all good. Like, I can see that this car accident was your fault, but it's fine. Probably should not have said that, but I did. <laughs> And I had a lot of joy, though. And honestly, it kind of, it was a peaceful situation, a, a little bit. You know, it's 
peaceful as those can be, but I kept my joy throughout it until I got home and I cried about it later because it was very stressful. But in the midst of it, I was really, really determined to keep my joy. And honestly, it was good. So today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about joy on the journey, how you can have joy on your journey. How many of you guys know you're all on journeys right now? And I don't know all of them. I know the one journey that you're on that's called life right now. But in the midst of that, there's lots of other little journeys, aren't there? And there's joy that is entirely accessible to all those that ask for it. You can have joy in life's beauty, in life's chaos. You can have joy in the next steps of your life where you're going. You can have joy in the destination, wherever that is. So before we talk about joy, I want to establish what I mean by that. Because I don't just mean happiness. I mean joy. So let's figure out what biblical joy is. It goes far beyond momentary happiness. Like happiness when you unwrap a gift at Christmas. Hopefully it's something you like and then you'll be happy. If not, you fake it. But No, more than just happiness like that. More than happiness when you get a new car or for me when my house is clean, that makes me really happy. Um, more than that. More than what's happening in the moment. Biblical joy is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are, rather than what's going on around us. This type of joy comes from God alone, and biblical joy is not dependent on how great your job is, how awesome your relationship is going, how much food you have in your house. Biblical joy cannot be deterred by present circumstances. Biblical joy cannot be deterred by what's going on in your life. Biblical joy comes from when we see Jesus. The kind of joy I'm talking about is this extreme form of what happiness can sometimes be. If you think of happiness like a candle on a birthday cake and you're using your lighter to light it and that's happiness, joy is a bonfire, not fueled by your little lighter, fueled by the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. Rick Warren wrote that joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. It's an eager anticipation of wonderful things to come. Joy can be experienced when we think of wonderful things to come. The magi or the wise men, they experienced this when they ran to Bethlehem to see Jesus. So now that we have this definition of joy, let's talk about what it looks like to have joy on your journey, on my journey. The first place we're going to talk about is joy in the moment. I want to reread this Advent scripture that was read this morning with you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi came from the east Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out for them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard what the 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were what? Thank you. This section right here. (laughs) They were overjoyed, guys. The Magi, when they originally heard of the baby being born, they were eager to go worship him. The rest of Jerusalem, did you guys catch that? It said the rest of the Jerusalem was disturbed. They were not super excited about this news. It didn't really deter deter, um, the Magi from going, though, did it? The Magi were still excited. The wise men were still excited, and they still went. And if they were wise men, I don't think it slipped past them that everyone was upset by this. I think they probably knew. But it didn't matter to them, because they had something that King Herod and the rest of Jerusalem did not. They had a vision of Jesus and what was ahead. That's how they kept their joy, and that's how they kept going. How many of us have ever heard news that was really incredible for us, or news that someone else was super excited about, and you were like, yeah, that's not that great? For example, when the flames went against the Oilers, that's super exciting for me and two other people in our entire church. And for the rest of you, you're all very mad at us. This isn't a sermon on how Oilers fans should be nicer to us Flames fans, but if the shoe fits, they, yeah. What about something more serious that happens in the moment? What about if you lose your job? What about if you need to move? Your relationship ends. Things are getting rocky. You lose a loved one. We all have a story, don't we? We heard about one this morning. There are stuff going on in our lives How are we supposed to have joy in those moments? I'm not here telling you today that you need to put a smile on your face and fake it when you're going through stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you can have your joy. You can keep your joy when you keep your eyes on Jesus. Joy is choosing to respond to the external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish his work in and through our lives. It's choosing to respond to whatever's going on in our life. There is a really good example of this in the Bible from one of my favorite, favorite guys, Jesus. It's in Hebrews 12. It says this, As for us, we all have these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into face perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was so focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave under life's pressure. There's a lot of incredible thoughts in this scripture. You can run life's marathon. You can go on your journeys. Why? Because Jesus went ahead of you. 
if we would look away from what's, our, what's going on in our moments and keep our eyes on Jesus, if we look away from the natural realm and look our, on Jesus, that's where we're going to find our joy. Jesus set the example for us. It didn't say that he went to the cross and he was skipping and so happy to be brutally nailed. But he, it says he kept his joy because he was so focused on you, church. He was so focused on you. Can I tell you that you can find your joy when you are so focused on him? You will find your joy. We can have joy in life's hard, not because it's hard or whatever's going on around us is crushing us, but because Jesus, we don't have to have happiness in the moment. We can have joy in the hard, in the scary, because when we look away from it all and we put our eyes on Jesus and we take our eyes off of our pain, all of a sudden, that inner contentment, that inner satisfaction is there. We can have joy in the moment because joy flows from a discovery of Jesus Christ. So what would it look like for us to take a step back in the moment? In the moment when whatever has happening had just happened to you. In your car accidents, when you fail your test, when your relationship ends, in that moment, what does it look like to take a step back, focus our eyes on Jesus and say, God, that kind of sucked. But you're still here, and I can have joy, not because whatever just happened, but because I know that you will never leave me. You can have joy in your next steps. I tried to figure out how long it took the wise men to actually get to Bethlehem, but turns out they don't have a Twitter account I can go follow that says, we're in Bethlehem now. <laughs> but I know that it was a journey the Bible says the wise men were traveling from the east, so they were already on a journey, right? And once they got there, they had to journey some more to get to Bethlehem after they were in Jerusalem. They had to continue traveling. Do you guys remember that story about the Israelites? And they literally took 40 years to walk 11 days. You guys remember that? The Bible's not shy in talking about journeys. And I know we're all on one. So if we can find joy in our moments... How can we find joy in our next steps? The moment has passed, something else is happening. I wanna share a story with you guys. Um, this June, I got this intense kidney infection that would, it would only be fixed by IV antibiotics and it was very strong. And in the moment I was like, okay God, this is not super fun, but that's okay. And we got through it and it was good. And I was like, good, done, behind us. In September, I got another infection, and it got worse in October, and I was back on IV antibiotics. Then from taking those antibiotics, I got an infection in my stomach from taking antibiotics. So I had to start this process again. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this journey, God. Like, this kind of sucks. And then the infection comes back again. So I'm on antibiotics again. And then the stomach infection comes back and it's worse. And when I'm in the hospital that last time, I feel my joy slipping. Like I'm hanging on the edge of a cliff and I know what's at the bottom of that cliff and it's hopelessness. And I did not want to fall. But it's hard to when life is getting at you, isn't it? It's hard to hold on to your joy. It's hard. 
I'm still on that journey. There's still doctor's appointments. The doctors told me, you know, this might be happening for a while. You might keep getting these infections. And we're trying to figure it out. But it stopped becoming a moment. And it started becoming a whole journey that was ahead of me. I had to learn, and I'm still learning, to have joy in the next steps, with the next doctor's appointments and the next medications. Okay, God, this is our journey now. We're going on it. Let's find some joy. I want to have this incredible, intense feeling that my joy will not be deterred by my circumstances. How many of us want that? I want to have this settled assurance that God is in control of my life and it's going to be okay. How many of us want that? So when we're on our journey, we have to find joy in the next steps. It's one thing to have joy in the moment, but what about when that moment's over and the journey started? Sometimes there are journeys that last a lifetime and I know sometimes we wish they wouldn't. But why could the Magi keep going on their journey? What inspired them to take the next steps? Well, the Bible says they were overjoyed when they saw the star. The Magi were able to keep going because they kept their eyes on Jesus the whole time. Honestly, when I think about the story of the Magi, I don't know about you guys, but I usually just think, wise men, then they're with Jesus. And I completely forget about the journey in between. The Bible doesn't really talk about its own. It's probably fine. But they were on a journey The Bible talks about Jesus' life, and he was on multiple journeys, and honestly, we know they were not that easy. So how can you and I maintain a deeper joy that's more than just momentary happiness, and and why should we? Why can't we just be grumpy and, you know, that sucks, God, thanks so much, and move on? No. One of my favorite scriptures, this scripture has been an anthem in my life, it comes from James 1 verse 2. Get ready for it. It's a good one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? Are you serious right now? Yeah. Consider it joy when you face trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be complete, not lacking anything. I have puzzled over this and cried over it and thought, what do you mean consider it joy? The Bible says to consider it joy. When we're taking the next steps in our journey, let's take it with joy. Because you're on a journey and one foot is going in front of the other either way you look at it. I know I've said this before, but I want to say it again. I don't mean that you need to walk out of here when stuff is crumbling in your life and say, I'm fine. Everything's good. All is well. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can have this inner contentment and satisfaction knowing that God is with you and he's got this. There's a quote from Sam Storm that says this, joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. The Bible actually says that a cheerful heart is, in, is medicine. How many of us need that medicine? Amen. I need it. I was teaching chapel to our school kids. I love ch- teaching chapel to our school kids. And I was talking to them, and I said, let's take a situation. You just got ice cream dumped on your head. It's happening. You're getting it dumped on your head either way you look at it. And you have a couple options here. 
Option A, let's get mad about it. Are you kidding me? Why is there ice cream on my head right now? Option two, you could try and find some joy. You could say, you know what? That, that wasn't great. I wish that there was not ice cream on my head, but there is. So let's wipe it off and let's continue to go. If you choose option A and get upset, what's that doing to my heart? It's not really helping the situation. If you choose option B, if you choose a joyful heart, can you see how that's medicine? Can you see how in that moment you start to feel a little bit better if you can find joy? It's medicine. When the Magi arrived in Bethlehem, they were overjoyed. You see, there was an end to their journey that they were on, and they found so much joy in the destination. The final point I want to make is having joy in your destinations. You know, we're all going to go on multiple journeys and have multiple destinations. How many of you find it easy when the arrival to your destination is exactly where you thought it would be? You're on a flight to Mexico, you arrive in Mexico. That's nice. Good. I'm glad that happened. But there are more journeys in our life, and what happens when the destination you thought you were going to be at isn't where you wanted to end up? How hard is it to have joy in that? I've had to deal with that. I get disappointed when I say, hey, God, I see my destination. It's over there. And he says, uh, no, it's actually over there. And I'm like, uh, what? What do you mean? That's hard. What about when you're aiming for a specific job and you don't get it? What about when you're hoping for breakthrough in your health and it doesn't happen? What about when you're buying a house and financing falls through? Or if you're in school and you're really hoping to get into this program that you don't get into? How do you have joy then? Sometimes our destination isn't where we wanted it to be. Here's where we can find joy, though. Do you remember at the beginning of this message when I said, joy cannot be deterred by your circumstances? It can't be. The biblical joy that we have that's available to us It doesn't matter what happens in the moments on your journey or even your destination. Our joy, when it's rooted in Christ, will only ever always come from Christ. It's not going to come from what happened with your car. It's not going to come from your finances. It comes from Christ, so then it can't be taken away. If your destination isn't where you wanted it to be, well, is Jesus still the center of your joy? Then you're good. If you're searching for joy, you're searching for Jesus. Church, we need to more than just go through life. When things happen to us, we can't just, okay, seriously, why God? Like this is exhausting, no. Okay God, that sorta sucked, let's keep going. We can have joy on our journey. Did you know the entire world is watching us? And they want to know, does it make a difference? Well, does it? Does Jesus make a difference for you? There are lots of sermons on encouragement, lots of times that we hear we're not alone and Jesus is with us, but we're, because we're not. We're not alone. Jesus is with us, but are we with him? 
Are we walking with him in our journey? Are we walking with joy on our side? Trust me, I know it's not easy. I've had my fair share of that's not easy. Jesus had his fair share of that's not easy when he decided to go on a cross for you and me. He died for you and me. But the Bible says he had joy because he looked forward to what it would be like to get to know us. He looked forward to what he was doing and what that would produce is life with him. I want to encourage you to have more, more than just go on your journey. I want you to have joy in your moments, in your next steps, in your destinations, wherever that is. The Bible talks about these two guys, Paul and Silas, and they got thrown into prison, and the Bible was like, yeah, they really hated that, and it sucked, and they were weeping. No. The Bible says they were rejoicing. Why? Because they're super happy to be in prison? No. Because they had a vision of what was ahead. They kept their eyes on Jesus the whole time. Their joy cannot be taken away. Church, I was seriously tested this week when the preaching team, we decided that I would be on the topic of joy, which since then I have said I will never do again. <laughs> because this week, my joy was tested. Sunday, I got a horrible cold that it took me out. Monday, I came home and I found mice in my house. Yeah. Tuesday, I came home and I go upstairs and there's carpet pieces everywhere. My dog had completely torn apart my carpet down to the subfloor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> By Wednesday, I was like ready to throw in whatever towel was left. Then Thursday, I went to a doctor's appointment in St. Albert, and I went to get gas, and, and then I tried to get back in my car, and I locked my keys in my car. In the middle of a work day in St. Albert. <laughs> God wanted to make sure I could preach joy to you guys. <laughs> if my foundation for my joy was in my health and how healthy I could be, it would be gone. If my foundation for my joy was in my home and where I live, it would be gone because I seriously considered moving after finding mice. If my joy was in my finances and how much money I did not have to spend on fixing my carpet because of my dog, it would be gone. If my joy was in how much time I have, how much I could get done, it would be gone. But when we set our joy as Christ as our foundation, there is nothing that can take it away. The Bible says that there's nothing that can take your joy away. The Bible says that joy can actually be our strength. It can be our medicine. How can we be the kind of people that when we suffer, when we get into car accidents, when we lose our job, when we mess up a school test, when our health declines, that we have joy? And the world would look at us and say, wow, those people are really weird, but in a good way. The Bible says we can do it because Christ did it. He endured a cross with joy not because there was a cross or not because he was okay with being in pain, but because he had so much joy thinking about you. Did you know that that joy is accessible to you? It is. We can have joy when we keep 
our eyes on him. I want to invite the band to come back up. You want to know why I love preaching on joy? I love it. Because I have seen and heard so many tragedies. I've heard lots. I've been a part of them. My life has had moments so dark. But I know that no matter what, no matter what happens in the moment, where I go on the journey or where the destination is, is that Jesus is there with me. And I know he's never left me. I can look back on those moments and say, Jesus, I see you right there. Jesus, I see you ahead of me. Jesus, I see you beside me. That's where I find my joy. That doesn't mean I haven't been angry and that I haven't cried so hard on the floor that I thought I wasn't going to get up. But I find joy because I found Jesus. You can find joy when you find Jesus. I have found him right beside me every single moment of my life. Honestly, if you go home today and ask Jesus about a moment in your life that you're struggling through, Jesus, where are you in this? You're going to see him because he's there. He doesn't leave you. So let's continue to have joy in the moment when we're so happy. Joy when we're devastated. If you're searching for joy, you're searching for Jesus. And he can always be found. When you find him in those moments, let it bring joy to your spirit. When the way ahead looks really hard, church, look further because Jesus is there. He's ahead of you. He's waiting for you. He's ready to go alongside you. Find your joy in that. Because if you try and find your joy in this world, you will be left with a form of happiness that will dissipate the second rocks start getting thrown at you. But if you can find joy in Jesus, if you can let joy be your strength through it, you're always going to have it. The Bible says no one can take it from you. So let the joy that we find in Jesus be found in you, church. Let it be for the world. When they see you, they see joy, they see Jesus. Let it be for yourself. When you're going through it, have joy in your heart and let it be medicine to you. Let it be your strength. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your joy. Father, you offer us the same joy to us now that if we know you and recognize Jesus, you're there. You gave us a reason to celebrate when you gave us the unspeakable gift of Christ. You came to dwell among us. You went to Calvary's cross for us. You overcame death and rose from the dead for us. You forgive our sins and give us eternal life. Father, our joy doesn't come from our jobs, our family, our relationships, our finances, or our success. Lord, don't let our joy come from what's on earth, but let it come from you. 
Father, your joy is a gift. It's the gift you gave us that first Christmas with Jesus. So Father, would you flood our hearts with joy this Advent season? Lord, let that joy be found in us. Let us not forget, Father, that you endured a cross with joy in your heart for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.